Blog Talk Radio. Here on February 25, 2015. February 25th, 2015. Today I'm going to be talking about titles again. You know, it's a favorite topic of mine. And just this past week, a guy named Michael Strain, S T R A I N, he wrote an article on the Washington Post or in the Washington Post, and it's called Please Address Me as Mr. I Insist. Please address me as Mr. I insist. And he starts off with a story about seventh grade in his Catholic school when the archbishop tells the kids to call him Archbishop Jim. Archbishop Jim. And boom! That set off alarm bells in young Michael's mind. He started thinking this guy is a direct successor to the apostles. He has the power of transubstantiation, and he can forgive sins in the name of God. How can I call him Jim? You know what I say? Why not? A title hides the fact that the person is a human being. It hides it behind a word that represents nothing but the power of his position, and that's something a spiritual person doesn't need. He knows that he's not God. He's just a sinner like you. So he doesn't want to lie and pretend that he's something more. I know I've told you before that I was recently in a doctor's office and he asked me if he could call me animal. So I said, well, what do you want me to call you? And he said, Dr. Ballchain. And I thought, look at the nerve of this guy. I know he's a doctor. We're sitting in a hospital but he wants to shove the fact down my throat. And why? He wants me to remember that it's him who's got the power here. Doctor! But if he does a lousy job and I sue him for malpractice, what will he want to be called then? Doctor Criminal? I don't think so, because that wouldn't fluff up his ego. Fluff. I had trouble saying that. Fluff up his ego. That's what his title's for. My friend. Jason Davis, a great recruiter, told me that when he was young, a young recruiter, he would look at the calls he had to make that day to people who had titles like director of engineering, and he knew they were his father's age, so he would be frightened to call them because those titles meant they had great power, and that was scary. So he made a vow that he would always call people by their first name alone so that he wouldn't be a mere Jason facing someone whose title said, I have great power. Now, I told that doctor who wanted to lord it over me that he couldn't call me animal. But on this show, you don't have to call me mister. And Jerry, Jerry, what show is that? The Recruiting Animal You're here, Jerry? 
Of course you I'm it? here. How did I do that shout, well, dude? You know, I want everybody to call me 60 seconds man. before the show starts and says I won't be shouting. Okay? Oh Thanks for letting me know. Ah, uh, man, you... I'd forget it. I don't even want to go there. And Jerry, I got to tell yeah, you, I have, a lot of, I have a lot of responsibility. The guest is sending me, me email after email, you know, seconds before the show. Oh, they're asking me for my host password. I said, call this number, the guest number, not the host number. Yeah, he's not a host. I'm calling. But that says a lot. I should be the host. I this, should be this the guy, host. Maybe this guy should be called doctor. He is in a position of power. He's usually the one setting up these calls. He is the host, animal. I should be. Yeah, okay. right there. Let's go then, Jerry. No Strong voice. He's in the game. I love it. Here we go. No, to- no time for no. Jerry's big beef. You don't get to have a big beef this week. Okay, Dave Lavoie is already talking. I didn't even introduce him, but he can't keep quiet. Our guest, Dave Lavoie. Lavoie. L-A-V-O-I-E. Welcome to the show. And you said it the right way. Being from New Hampshire, Canadian uh, parents, Lavoie is correct. Lavoie is the American way. But whatever you want to call me, you can call me. You related to Chris? Lavoie. I'm related to a lot of Chris's. Chris Lavoie. I mean, Lavoie, you open up a phone book in New Hampshire and you got two, three. I'm talking to world, world famous glitz and glamour. I'm going to be the first famous Lavoie. Gary, quiet, okay? I want to get along with the show, please. (laughs) Okay. We're going to sing, Dave. Do you know the song? It's my party. What's what's the song? Leslie, I sent it to you. I sent you a link to YouTube. What's uh, I want fail. everyone to Epic know. Even if I, uh, I want everyone to know, even if I prep these people, you know, they're supposed to be courageous, bold salespeople, recruiters. They don't have the guts to sing, even if I shove it in their faces before the show. Oh, wow, what's the song? I never know it's all me. Okay. <laughs> you, you know what? You know what? Leslie Gore died last week, so we're going to sing her most famous song, uh, It's My Party. Do you know that song? Yeah, of course, and I'll sing along with you. Okay, great. I am I'm, I'm proud to have you do that. Anybody else going to sing? Does everybody know that song? I know Even that mo- song, but I'm not singing. Okay. We're just going to sing the chorus, Dave, then. You and me. Looks like Maureen's not here. Let's Usually she's got some courage. I'll go one, two, three, and we'll start. One, All two, right. three. It's a my party. It's my party, and I'll cry if I want to. Cry if I want to. Cry if I want to. You would cry too cry if somebody happened to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Da, 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 da. <laughs> okay. That was good pretty good. good. It was all you. right. That was pretty good. Thank you. Okay, now Dave Lavoie is the CEO of an IT recruiting firm in Tampa, Florida. He was a branch manager and a division manager. I'm going to throw all the titles at you. And a regional director at Robert Half in the past. Uh, And so uh, I'm going to wait a second before we get really deep into his introduction. I want to tell you something, Dave. Your Twitter name for your company is absolutely awful. I mean, I've written it out about 10 or 12 times already. And it's hard for me to remember. It's his company is called Resource Staff Resource Staffing, and the Twitter name is Resource without any of the vowels except the e at the end. So I, ha- I can't even take a rule. No vowels, right? It's R S R 
uh, you know, C.E. Staffing. It's terrible. I could. Who cares? What's it matter? Twitter is crap. I'll tell you. I'll, I'll tell you what, I don't even have my own Twitter account. That's my marketing person who came up with this brilliant Twitter tag. So um, I, I hope she hears this and realizes that we need to change some things up, because if the animal says it's not good, it's not good. Not good, and I've encouraged many people to change, and they have. Even Am I on? Kathy, okay? Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Okay. I can hear you. What do you want to say? Your your Twitter name doesn't matter. Nobody cares. Twitter is irrelevant. Who cares how you're spelling something that nobody gives up about? Yeah, okay. I, I think, yeah, myself. I agree with that. Thank you, Jerry. Okay, so you're uh, let me ask you a question then. You know, Will Thompson, our good friend, says that you know having a, an online presence is not going to make you any money at all. Do you agree with that, Chris Lavois? I mean, Dave Lavois. I, I I don't agree with that. I think minimal online presence, but I think the Facebooks and the, the Twitters of the world uh, not, never made me any money. Okay. Okay. So uh, let me ask you then the standard survey questions. How many people did your uh, group or your company recruit on Twitter last year? Recruit, Zero. not play. Zero. Zero. Okay. Do you encourage them to use it? Ah. Nope. Okay. What about on Facebook? Did they recruit any people on Facebook? Also zero. GitHub. We're getting closer to your your, your territory now. GitHub. Do you use it? GitHub. We have a, a sourcing tool that uses GitHub as a, a a tool that they get the information from. So yes, indirectly. What's that? Talent bin. It is talent bin. Nailed okay. it. Okay. And same with Stack Overflow. Yes. And do you get good people from those sources? Um, we've gotten a few, but I'm not convinced. I'm not sold. Really? Uh, you want to add a little bit to that before we move on? You know, I mean, just going the traditional recruiting path, LinkedIn, building a network. I mean, we're we're more of a local shop, so we know a lot of people in the market. It's our reputation is the people we know. So, you know, it, it comes down to that, really. Use your own database, in other words. Is that true? It's, essentially, yep. Okay. Okay. Does anybody want to say anything to Dave Lavoie before uh, we really get going? Can Can we ask who is he? What does he do? Uh, we're going to get to that. Too much go to ask. Ask. We're going to get to that. We're 15 minutes I, in. I already said who he was, Jerry. If you would take the wax out of your ear. Well, go ahead. Ask him a question. Can he say Thank who he is? Animal. I don't care what you say he is. Animal did it actually a pretty good job of introducing me. I've been staffing business for 11 years. I've been in recruiting. I've been in, in the sales side. Now I'm a CEO of a smaller shop. So I've done all of it, been there, done that, you know, okay. 11 years. Not a single year has replicated itself. Everything changes every year. So mm-hmm. here's my intro. <laughs> and so you guys are an IT staffing firm or what? Uh, we focus on IT. We do finance and accounting and operations as well, but 75% of our business is definitely focused on the IT space. Okay. I'm in Tampa. Okay. okay. Back to you, said, Animal. Well, uh, you, you know, you've said on your, on your uh, LinkedIn summary, uh, I have taken all best practices, improved or left behind the bad, and continue to develop new processes for the best possible mm. outcome for both our clients and candidates alike. Can you give us any examples of a time where you came into an office, discovered a, a practice you thought was no good, and threw it away, and but promoted mm. something mm. they were already doing so that everybody used it, not just a few people, or brought in something new that was effective? That is an awesome question, dude. 
That is a great question. Oh, That's my exactly goodness. why I started this business. Here we go. So you, you mentioned a couple of larger companies that I worked for in the past. I don't want to name names, Robert Half, K-Force, et cetera. But, you know, I mean, these guys are all metrics-driven, numbers-driven, how many calls, how many people are you meeting. There's no quality there, period. There's no relationship building. There's no quality. Don't like that style. Hasn't worked. Changing those things into better practices, getting rid of the sh- crappy practices, I think has definitely helped us just create a fantastic business and organization. So what do you measure? Because that was one of the questions uh, that people wanted to know. John Rose said, what matrix sure. do, you, do you use to measure success in your recruiters? So do you use any measure anything? Fill ratio what? is our biggest thing. Fill ratio. How many job orders are we getting? How many are we filling? Mm, and how right. quickly are we doing so? Jerry, you're the ratio expert here. What do, you, do you want to say something? No, I'm just listening right now. I'm making a note of some questions I'm going to slip in later. I don't want to oh, jump okay. all over. Okay, so so well. your your uh, your key uh, approach is get rid of all the time wasting measurements and just focus on that one. Is that right, Dave? On quality, absolutely yes. Okay, okay. Uh, well, now, that you, would be on quality of job order, right? Well, quality candidate and job order. So we certainly how, how do you measure quality candidate? Yeah, well, I'm just wondering. I mean, what do you use to evaluate the quality of the candidate? You, you know, we um, we don't have the the standard. Let's go through the checklist of questions of what the client's looking for. We get a little bit more personal. We get into a little bit more in depth conversations in terms of mm-hmm. lifestyle. What's really going to work? And to be honest with you, we're um, we're a pretty consultative group in terms of if a candidate we don't think is going to be right, even though they might need a job. We're not going to necessarily put them in front of our client because we don't feel it might be the best approach for either side. So it's all. It'll so it's like a more of a. Side. It's a gut level feel about a candidate that you're using to evaluate your candidate it, more so than it, a I metrics. Would, um, gut level combined with experience. The recruiters on my team have a good depth of experience and just they they know their stuff and they know people and they know technology. So mm. it's it's a combination. Gotcha. Okay, so you don't really measure it, though. You um, just feel I mean, it. Uh, well, I mean, I do have measurements. I mean, I, I, can, I can throw numbers at you, but um, but but yeah, I mean, we don't we don't measure it on activity front end. We measure it on productivity on the back end. What do we what do we get yeah, done? He's measuring results, Jerry, not how many calls you're making that go nowhere. Well, but hold on, he said he. It's, no, no, that it's a legitimate question. He said that he puts the emphasis on. Quality candidates, and I was just yeah. wondering how he measures okay, that. And he okay. says that no, more or less he, he doesn't. Answer, he, there he is no measurement for quality; they just yeah, feel it. No which is fine. Wait a second. Wait a second. There's an easy measurement for quality candidates. It's your fill ratio. When you get Fortune 500 companies filling one out of four jobs, and you get a smaller company that's got a great network and actually does their job and is consultative, and you're getting mm, one out of two it. jobs. That tells you about the quality of your job orders. It does not tell you about the quality of your candidates. Now, come on now. That's not necessarily true. It's absolutely 100% accurate. What about sense to interviews? That's a more – the number one quality control measurement of candidates is how many candidates are you interviewing versus send-outs versus placements. It has nothing to do with what percentage of your job orders you fill. If you took one job order a month and filled it, at 100%, you're still sorting through dozens of candidates. So how many, the percentage of your job orders that you fill has nothing to do with candidate quality. It just really doesn't. But I'm on your I side. Agree. I mean, we but do the same okay. thing. I'm, I mean, you know. 
I, I hear you. I hear you. Okay. I, I think right. uh, the, the process and your approach is really what narrows down the quality. You can have somebody looking at job boards all day or perusing on LinkedIn all day, but really identifying and having that background and being able to identify who you should even spend your time speaking with, that is what creates the quality, and that's what is creates efficiencies and gets the best talent in Alejandro, front of your Alejandro, do you have no, something I'm to with say you, man. I'm with yes. before we wrap yes. this up? Well, like I said, I'm, I would rather look at, you know, if you want to look at quality of candidates, like we said, the how many am I sending? How many are getting interviews? That's also right. going to tell you about the client. You know how much, uh, you know how much influence you're exerting, and then obviously your closing ratio. How many interviews are you actually having before you're closing that job? But. You know, obviously, you're going to look at uh, a bunch of different metrics. But yes, measuring calls is kind of like a but he doesn't like type measuring situation. Calls, okay? Yeah, that's yeah, well, yeah, no, yeah, the front end. The front end thing is just drives recruiters. me nuts. Yeah, let's move on. Okay, you got a bunch okay. of robots. That's, that's but but to summarize my thoughts on it, the percentage of your job orders that you're filling is does not indicate anything about your candidate quality. Very little. I mean, I disagree. Explain. Explain that to me. I I, I don't understand that. I disagree 100%. You disagree 100%. Yeah. I I think that the quality candidates is what builds good relationships. I think the. Sure. Oh, of course it does. But I'm saying. Right. I'm talking about measuring, though. You don't measure your candidates as A, Bs, and Cs and see how many A's get placed as opposed to Bs and Cs. You know, Jerry. I think I'm losing my audience yeah, while you're indulging your... Uh, no, indulging. hold on a second. You are going to indulge me because this is important for your listeners. Yeah. Okay? The percentage of your job orders that you fill is not indicative of your quality of candidate control. So what? So what? Because that's the topic! But, but, but that matters. That's the topic. It does matter. Okay? How? If How does, one it, matter? Co- How does it matter? Because if you're talking over me, I'll tell you. you're measuring it incorrectly, Stop, then yeah. you're, you're passing around in erroneous information. Two uh, companies, I, I each, have, hold on, each company has a job order. They just have one. One company sends five people to interview there and fill, finally fills the job. The other company sends one guy in there, fills the job. They're both 100% filling their jobs. So if you look at that side of the metrics, you would think both of their candidates are equally as good. Uh, right. That's true. However, here's the issue when you have one candidate that you send that gets the job versus five candidates that you send to get the job. You could be working on four other jobs that you send the best candidate for and close that job. 500%, right? Exactly, but the met- it wouldn't tell you anything about your metrics. And, and Dave, the only sure reason would. I'm talking in a louder voice is just to drown out animal <laughs> because this is an important topic I, I mean, it really is. I'm, 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 I'm married to a Cuban I'm used to yelling back and forth so listen well, I'm not worried about the loud tones I don't see how it's important but let's move on we can come back to it oh, wow. later in the show okay? Man, that, Alejandro are pretty you shocked it's, that animal does pretty see? important to know this the quality is of your work and to know where you're getting it right. No, 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 no. He's, measuring he's about quality. to be disbarred. He's measuring the quality of his work, okay? Just cause, <laughs> Here's just how you cause... measure the quality of candidates. How many are you placing out of all the people that you interview? Right. That's, yeah, the, your, that's the only metric that there ratio, is. The, interviews per placement. The other metric to really look at it is how many candidates are you introducing to your customer to get a and send out? And they're interviewing, right. And in contracting, it ought to be 1.25 to 1.75 candidate introductions equals one send out. Or and you don't know what you're, what you're trying to play. Actually, we're, we're closer to one start. 
between the one and two versus you know what? just There's a, a send out. Then that tells me that you're not. Hey, this? dude, you could find a few more placements if you'd try a little bit more. There's nothing wrong with 1.5 to 1. So Let's spread that out a little bit, Gary, try make, a little bit make, more, and you're going to increase your sales 30%. There you go. Back to you, animal. <laughs> Seriously, you know. we cannot sit around thinking about, I'm placing this guy here. You have to sit here thinking, this is who they want to interview. And they need to let them sort it out. Trust me, I've Absolutely. been there. Go ahead, animal. Okay, Absolutely. I, just want to know, I want to know from some of the others, a lot of people on the line, did oh, anybody find that long conversation interesting? Say yes if you found it interesting or no if you didn't. You guys Let me got just get radio silence. Wait, let's back up a little bit. Is there anybody <laughs> I listening? See I that? didn't hear any no's. Just a bunch of people scared to say yes. That was okay. interesting. Is okay. anybody else even on the line, dude? Yeah, there's a yes. ton of people. There's a ton of people. Okay. Listen, uh, Dave, the guest, before Jerry starts shouting over you, okay? Here's the situation. You're... You're, 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 you play somebody with a company, he or she leaves two months after the guarantee period. So the client is kind of frustrated, right? Because they, sure. they, they don't get the replacement, uh, and the person didn't really stay a long time. At the same time, while that's going on, you're working on a second search for the same company. And just when, you know, just when this first candidate leaves, they're getting ready to make an offer to the second one. And they spring this on you. They say... We want a 25% discount on the second placement because your first placement didn't stay very long. What are you going to do? Well, there's two different scenarios I would approach. First off, depending on the client, if they're a good client, I feel that for whatever reason the candidate didn't do a good job, we'll give them that 25% discount. The alternative is if it's a newer client or a client that we realize might have a difficult process onboarding candidates, I mean, we talk to the candidates too. We want both sides of the story. My partner says there's three sides to every story. There's one person, the other person, and the truth. So we try to dig in as much as we can and and make a determination on a case-by-case basis. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you're open. So you're flexible, okay? Now, Absolutely. here's another situation. Amazing. What if you're dealing – what if Jerry says – Jerry's not flexible, is he? But I'm flexible on that. Absolutely, Jerry, dude. Jerry's amazed at my, my process here. He loves it. He's yeah, shouting okay. notes down. Yeah, no, so I mean, me, I do the same thing. I have companies that owe me $100,000 at any one given time. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to figure out what happened and, and make it right with them. And if Absolutely the, right. The recruiters that want to sit here talking about, this is my rule, well, they probably blow. And no, they're probably exactly. going Agreed. out of business fast. Agreed. You got to be flexible. You got to. You got to play the game. Unbelievable. Man. It's, 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 it, it is what it is. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So here's the situation. You're dealing. Your your client in a in a company is the VP, one of the VPs, and uh, you know you're working with this company. In fact, he's he's interviewing people from you, and he calls you up one day and says, "I'd like you to find something new for me." What would you say? Something new in terms of uh, a resource a specifically? Job. I want to move. Find me a new job. I've been here five years. I'm ready to go. Find you a new job. Well, th- this is where our uh, my company's <laughs> ethics have that, that gray area. We don't source from companies that we work with, but if somebody approaches us dependent upon the circumstances and the relationship we have with the client, and, you know, it is what it is, gray area. I can't give you a firm answer on what we do in that That's scenario. Yes. That's can, yes. Can I? Replace them. 
So Can I that, offer no, a little bit of people down? We've turned people down many times, but we—I'd say fifty-fifty on that. Fifty percent of the time we'll help them out. Fifty percent of the time we'll be very, very candid and let them know, hey, you. this is not Why our won't style. You then? Why won't you? First of all, your style, search your style. It. You did it with the other fifty percent of the people. Look, man, most of us, most of us couldn't place a VP somewhere to save our ass. That's true. So, so just pretending about, well, then I'll go ahead and place you out of there. Like we even have any input in that? We don't place VPs. We place people that go in there and they do whatever grubby ass job our customers are paying us to recruit for. We don't place CFOs and VPs. Call somebody else. That's not what we do. God. Yeah. Okay. You know, I've, never, I've never been the type to turn out a challenge, though, so I can't say that. Yeah. Well, some of us would beg to differ, Jerry. Yeah. You place fine. Then we're in the wrong. We're not in the same business. If any of my customer VPs said, "Hey, give me a new job," I personally would say, "I'm not in that field, man. Good luck." Or woman, lady. You know what I'm saying? I'm not a sex. Fair enough. Damn it. Dave. Dave. Women are people too. Dave. You know Dave, remember yeah. me? Hey. What's up, my man? A related question, okay? You you place someone there. Three years later, she calls you up and says, look, uh, I've, it's been a good run. It's time for me to leave. Can you find me something new? Same answer as before. It, it, it just depends. Now, if the candidate is somebody we've had a relationship with and they have an issue with the position that they're in, they're not moving up, maybe it's a client we don't want to work with anymore. So, sure, we'll place her somewhere else and maybe no longer work with that client because they set the wrong expectations. Now, if it's a, uh, just a distraught employee because some things changed and, and it's something that's out of our control or something that we just feel that it's a personality conflict, then, you know, maybe we'll say no. It's not, it's not, gonna, it's not a situation where we would place you. Mm-hmm. Okay, you, the next question, you can take a pass on it if you think it's too you know, volatile and people will misunderstand no what thing. you say. Okay, do you see any difference between male and female recruiters? Because we've talked a, a number of times here about uh, testosterone versus estrogen and confidence in men versus confidence in women based on their brain structure. You know, that's an interesting two-part answer I have for you. On the front end, I think there's definitely a difference between engagement with candidates. If you're a female versus a male recruiter, I think that, and and I hope my wife never listens to this show, but I, I think that men are a little bit stronger in most instances in terms of trying to close the deal. Just as a side note, Dave, nobody listens to this show. I got news. I, I, I feel obligated to say so, that anybody talks about all the other people that are going to hear these people say this on the show. Nobody's going to hear it. Yeah. Animal Jerry, yeah. I am so yeah. tired of that question, and the reason is, yeah. yes, when we talk, men are stronger than women based on sexual dimorphism. It's just how it is. It's biology. But when we're talking in a world of six billion people. There, there is always going to be somebody sp- stronger, smarter, brighter than you. I, I don't care who you are. There's always going to be someone. So we can talk about it as a men-women thing. It's not. It has to go back down to the individual. I am a five foot three fat Jewish guy. There are more women who can beat the crap out of me, even though I'm a man. It, what are you saying, uh, man? Are you saying what I'm saying strength? is that when we talk, no, I'm saying when we talk in generalities, are women can men be better closers? No, Jeff is a better closer, and it has it just. A, 
I just feel that you cannot have a logical and adult discussion using those kind of generalities. I have great respect for everyone who participates in it. Their intelligence. It doesn't. Okay, okay. Let's move on. Let's move on. Let's move on. That's, 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 that's very politically correct, and I like it. But it's, it has, nothing, it it has nothing to do be politically correct. What we do is I am. Okay. I don't no, no, place no, 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 job Jeff, developers. I, Jeff, I got your point. When you look Animal at the numbers, when you look at the numbers, there's going to be women who are uh, tougher than men. But that's not what he said. He said something about women being better at engaging people. Is that is that what you were talking? about in, uh, in the initial process absolutely yes they and, definitely have in what way can I you believe. can you can, can you tell a story can you give I an example th- I, I think um just in my experience i've seen female recruiters having the ability to have a softer approach and you know being in the it space specifically i mean there's a certain type of candidate that they're they're talking to so i mean why not call a female back versus the, that's, the guy that's, that's, that's a, a fact rough, right, right there okay, absolutely that's- that's something a little different, okay, but I understand what you're talking about. By the way, I just got an email from Facebook that it's, by coincidence, Chris Lavoie's birthday, okay? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> now, now, that is synchronous. Long-lost cousin or uncle. i got to look him up. I, I, I don't even know who Chris Lavoie is. How could you not know who Chris Lavoie is? Like I said, I know ten of them. So, I mean, which one were we talking about? The one that... The famous Animal. one. Okay. Now, look, uh, Dave. Dave, uh, do you have, what's your educational background? Uh, I mean, I have a bachelor's degree in, in business, um, and then somehow got scooped into the staffing industry. Okay, so you're not you're not somehow you don't know, but you know, uh, you you don't have a, a technical IT background. Do you think if I you don't. had nope. a do you, do you, do you, if you had a technical if you had a com- degree in computer science, would you be a better recruiter? Um, no. That's a great question. You know what? It's interesting. I find that um, in my experience, hiring recruiters with a technical background get too involved in the technology and don't understand the business and how it affects the clients and their teams directly from an ROI standpoint. So I think a mixture of understanding business and over my years of experience learning IT, et cetera, that, that's the best position to be in. Okay, on your uh, LinkedIn summary page, you actually tell us that you're always hiring, and the ideal background for a recruiter is someone with experience uh, selling services business to business. Is that right? Absolutely. Can you give us some examples of your hires? Um, I, oh, I mean, by, by all the across way, the I board. Wanna, I just want to tell you something. I just want to say something. Your, your uh, marketing person, uh, I don't know the person's name, he or she is actually listening to the show, Jerry. She says what she said. I, I, I think you said it was a she. I thought I would tune in and try to relax during a hectic day, but I'm getting a headache from all the screaming <laughs> on your show. Okay, now that's Jerry who's doing the screaming, dear. I just want you to know. Okay, and that's I hope you know, you animal. I'm just we'll so committed down. to some of this stuff that I feel obligated to make sure that I'm heard. Sometimes you bring up an important question. You start getting into some of the answers, and you just shut it down. I realize that you're not in a day-to-day fashion still in the recruiting world, but these are some of the trends and stuff that we need to talk about now. It's important. Right, Jerry. Thank you, Jerry. Thank you, Jerry. Well, thank you, okay. but, I mean, seriously. You, know, uh, you can't ask a question and then just tell people, oh, that doesn't matter, move on. Okay. Quality I, of job order, quality of candidate, it's, it, it's the most important things that we have. And you just okay. flush it down the drain. Mm, okay. Uh, uh, okay, so what were we talking about? Examples of your hires from business-to-business service sellers? 
Dave? Um, I mean, I, I've, I've got several across the board. I mean, a lot of these guys, the, the people I picked up from business to business, I mean, truly are, are in the consultative level talking to hiring managers, What kind of businesses? VPs. Okay, if you don't want to talk about identify uh, people, say things that would identify them too much, what kind of businesses are you looking at? Business services, what do you mean? Uh, in terms of recruiting people to come work for me to sell my yeah. services? Yeah, that's oh, what sure. yeah, I said. Oh, sure. Absolutely, yeah. Hey, you, you know, you people, 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 people that... Go ahead. Is, is Jerry done laughing? Don't Can I go? It's my turn yet. Okay, okay. <laughs> I'll, just, I'll just mute myself, sorry. Listen, the, 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 the guys that come from, you know, the, the big printer sales and the Xerox companies and that, that have been thrown, thrown through the trenches and had to deal with just a bunch of crap in selling tangible goods, I like the fact that they have built up thick skin, are done with it, move on. Here's a very unique opportunity. Um, I, I just think that they have learned a little bit more about business, understand how business processes work. They don't necessarily have to be technical. I could teach that part. The buzzwords of the beginning, over the time over time you get the experience you learn the true technology you see it from a high level you can put the two pieces together okay but you said in your summary that you like people who are selling services selling fax machines or printers or whatever it is that's uh office products is that what you like best well, office and, products? And, and, and another another uh great I think recruiting pool from an internal standpoint for a staffing company that's selling IT services is somebody from maybe a managed service provider or selling their services, not a technical person, or maybe uh, a consultative sales engineer, somebody like that that does have that technical background but understands the business is the ideal, and that's what I've seen work the best in and the And how do you sell them? How do you sell them to move from their uh, their business to recruiting? Yeah, that that's a tricky one. I mean, dealing with people is always interesting. You find a lot of these people get into the same routine day in, day out. They want to see something a little bit different. Well, there's no business that changes on a more frequent basis than recruiting in my mind. Every 10 minutes, something new comes up, and, and I learn something. So uh, that that's kind of an easy sell, depending on where the person is in their career and their situation and what their lifestyle opportunity or requirements are. So welcome to the roller coaster. That's, what you, that's how you sell it, right? You want, I mean, want to live in the, that's it. The zoo? That's okay. it. So, okay, that's now it. you say even more important to me is ethic, drive, and personality. How do you discover if a candidate has those things? You know, during an interview process, everyone puts their best face on. We all know that. Do you really find out right away? No. It takes six months, three, six months to learn the person's personality, see if they're drinking the Kool-Aid or they really have those things. But, I yeah, mean, so that's, that um, that's something that's That discovered. isn't a factor in the hiring. That isn't a factor in the hiring, is it? Well, it's a factor based on gut, but am I right all the time? No. Okay. okay. Now, there's a guy, actually, uh, from on the Facebook, my Facebook group, which you're welcome to join. You, you know what? i got to compliment you. You sound like a good guest. You sound like you like you're having fun with us, even though, you know, Jerry Big Mouth is hassling you and stuff like that. Okay? So, Not a Okay, so this guy my, my said my father's name is Jerry. He's been beating on me for 33 years, so I'm not even it's just it's it's natural now. It's so cool. This guy this guy says, "How long do you give an under underperforming recruiter before you let him go?" Ugh, that's a tough one. That's one I get stuck with all the time. If I had to give you the textbook answer, I'd say 3 months you know if they're going to make it or not, but then that damn Heart comes into play, and you let them go to six months, sometimes maybe nine months, 
It's a tough one. That's that's a that's good question. That's where come back in, right? That's some true. of that some of that is their their quality of work. Maybe this person's doing good work, but they've had a couple of bum breaks. It happens. You know, we that's, have good years and bad years. That's And on the reverse, you have those that have immediate success, thinking this is going to be a cakewalk for the rest of my career, and mm. boom, that's not the way it happens. So it's 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 very it's a balancing act. You got to really pay attention <laughs> to the person, understand, dig in. What do they like? What they don't like? What are they confused about? What are their expectations? But that's not just during the interview process. You got to do that on a weekly basis. What do you mean by that? I, just, I mean, sitting down, having a one-on-one, what do you think? What are your thoughts? What issues are you coming into? What objectives are you running into? What help do you need from me? Simple questions. Okay. Okay. So uh, the same guy wanted to know, do you think contract and perm should be handled by different teams or the same people? We, my team handles both, and they are fantastic at both. So I don't necessarily believe in the segmentation of having a direct team and a, a, a contract team, et cetera. Okay. I've seen it. I've been in, in, those, in, in those situations, and uh, I, I see more success having people that can go both ways. Okay. Uh, you know, for the people who were quiet and didn't want to sing and didn't want to say whether they, you know, liked that discussion, do you have any questions? I'm just going to give you a chance, though. So if you have some questions that you'd like to ask Dave, everybody's open now, their lines. If you want to ask Dave a question, feel free. This is your chance. Uh, just speak up any time, but I'm going to hold a few seconds before I move on to see if anybody wants Can to I say something. Can I ask a question if I'm mellow about it? Go ahead. Yeah, Jerry. You can yell, too. I don't care. Dave, do your customers, or should I say what percentage? I'm guessing some do. Um, how often do you run into your customers expecting to know your bill and pay rate and your margin and get into your numbers versus the companies that, hey, I've got 85 bucks an hour. Can you give me somebody that does this? What's, what's the uh, percentages there? You know, I probably run into 25, 30% that realistically really want to dig into our our numbers, margins, et cetera. Don't you want to tell them to shove it? Pretty much. It's none of their business? Yes. Always. What's your budget? What do you need to get done? And then you get into that consultative conversation. What are you losing by not having this person? Does it really matter? What, what, what can you spend? What are you losing by not having this person? Mm-hmm. Let me just find you the best. Let's Invariably, though, you get you get to where somebody wants to know, what are you paying? What's your markup? And that bugs me. Not that I'm gouging anybody. It's just none of their business. You know, I, I'm not asking, the, I'm not asking the grocery store what they paid for this gallon of milk. Yeah, but isn't that usually HR that's doing that instead of oh, the hiring frequently. manager? Because sure. they're on, they're in pain. They just want to get that filled. It's that's HR that's point, trying too. to manage spend in the process and all that. So that's typically where you're getting that pushback, I think. Well, but for, and you, do, you bring up a really good point there because, I mean, it, that 25 to 30% pretty much correlates with who we're interacting with. Are we interacting with HR? Are we interacting with direct hiring managers? So pretty much hit the nail on the head right there. Jeremy Roberts, are you on the line? Because I know you're talking to me on Twitter. Jeremy says he thinks contract and perm should be run by different people. One is a transactional sale, and the other is more complex. Now, Jeremy Roberts is not a nobody. He's the head honcho at SourceCon, okay? So you got to listen to him. If he's on the line, he can defend that idea himself. I can't. What do you say to him? Jeremy, I, I would say to you that when you build relationships with clients, Bringing the right contractor in to fill the needs of your client is just as important as putting the great permanent person in that company um, 90% of the time. 
and you're working with the same. At all. You're working with the same hiring manager, so what's with? Pawning it off onto somebody else. People do business with people. Sure. So you, so you stick with who you're working with. Absolutely. Jeremy, you're wrong. Jeremy, yeah. you are wrong. Okay. Thanks, Jerry. Okay. I appreciate that. So, this other woman on the Facebook group, Akila Rajakumar, she wanted to know if you think that uh, today's recruiters are transactional. I think she really meant too transactional. Doesn't sound like you do. No. Okay. Can I ask for a definition of what does that even mean? Dave transactional. I'll tell I'm, you I'm tired of hearing transactional that. Transactional is, is, is a damn order taker. Takes takes. I mean, we're talking about like a VMS. We're talking about a, a system now. And mm-hmm. here's the wreck. Try to find me some people. Throw some mud at the wall. What sticks? That's transactional. Consultative is the complete opposite. Be a contract. Contract to hire direct. In my opinion, completely. Okay. Okay, so uh, let me see if there's any other uh, management questions or what I was going to ask you. Okay, what about stupid degree requirements? We had a little discussion of that uh, today. You've got a candidate with 10 years of experience, but he doesn't have the education your client asked for. He's the best candidate you've got. What do you do? Well, (laughs) thankfully... I have been very successful in changing my clients' minds. Um, you know, I have the advantage of having to help by the economy not being so great and people being out of the workforce for so long. This has become a very skill-set-based hiring environment, period, in the U.S. So, you know, I can give you an example. One particular client I've been working for, with for five years, you know, it took me three, three and a half years to get them to realize that, you know what, the experience is much more important than the degree, and they finally did. And the only way they did that was through having us be consultative, bring on temps without the experience. They saw the results. They were, had the aha moment. Boom, you know what? Maybe we don't need this degree requirement in this job description anymore. So, you know, that, that's really a consultative approach that you have to take with your clients, educate, educate them on really what are you getting out of the resources you're looking for. Do you care about a piece of paper? I don't. Uh-huh. You are you a born Are you a born salesman, or were you trained to sell? Because obviously, you're not afraid. To born salesman. I, I started selling. I started selling colored, painted or watercolor painted rocks at six years old. So I think that might answer your question. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Business business development. How much research should you do on a company before you call them when you're looking for business? It's a good question and, and ironic that I met with a, the, the CPO, C, Chief Procurement Officer of a very large company down here in Tampa last week, and uh, I taught him more about his business than he knew about his business. So the answer to that question is know everything and more if you can before you even step on the property. Okay, well, how, did you, how did you get that information? Uh, I mean, you start with their website. You dig around through all the potential resources, LinkedIn, Glassdoor, um, I mean, if it's a public company, obviously there's a ton of information there. Hoover's, I mean, there's so many resources out there. Um, but I mean, yeah, that's 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 so a very how, critical so when piece. You, when you call up, when you call up to pitch your services, how does that information you've got play into your presentation or into your well, conversation? That's a great question. I, I think that you know the the. Number one benefit or piece of information you can share with a prospect is recent news on their website or something about them that 
ideally is positive, and sometimes it can be negative and spun into a positive way. But mentioning something specific about the company, hey, heard about this, this is fantastic, would love to work with you. It allows you to ask insightful questions about their business and where they're going if you're researching them. And they're going to measure you by those types of questions that you ask them. They're going to understand you understand their business and what their problems might be, and they're example, going to want to Alejandro. work with you as a result. This is Alejandro, by the way, Dave. He's a, he's a smart guy. Give me an example. I've uh, got Alejandro's a client. Right on point. Uh, I'm sorry, I, I didn't want me to interrupt you. I'll give you just a quick example, though. Young in my career, I walked into a very large company, and I sat down, and I said, I'm here to learn more about your business. She kicked my butt out of that office so fast, gave me an opportunity to spend a week researching the company and come back and tell her what they did. But um, ever since then, yes, you're right, absolutely. It allows you to ask the right questions, not the generic vanilla blah questions that gains no credibility for you. Alejandro, give me an experience, an example from your experience of when you asked a, a money-making question. Got a client who is uh, in the education space I've been working with heavily since I got into this new firm. They're moving forward with a Pathways programs for for education. They're bringing students in and setting them up to go to school here, college over here. So now if you start looking at that and you start understanding that that's the future of a lot of these education, for-profit education companies, you can start asking questions about that. And I've been doing that. And that allows you to get on both sides when you're dealing with candidates and the uh, the company itself. That allows you to gain traction. You know, so I... I ask questions about, you know, well, how does recruitment influence your sales? How does this international sales? Do you need people who can build consensus internationally because of these pathways programs? You know, it's it's hard to pin down a question in particular, okay, but okay. questions in that genre are, okay. are going to get people's attention. Okay, Dave. Agreed. Thank thank you, Alejandro. Dave, yep. what if you're uh, you're trying to sell somebody and she asks you how you're different from other recruiters? That's, that's the toughest question in the world, and my answer is very candid. We're all selling the same service. It's our network. It's our reputation. It's the way we hold our core values. Everybody says that, but if you work with us, you'll find out very quickly it's no BS. Uh, you don't give examples. Here's proof, right? <clears throat> oh, absolutely. I have testimonials from clients that I've been working with for years. I have clients that I've been working with for a short period of time that have seen greater success than or agencies they've worked with for two, three years. So, yes, absolutely. It, it, can can I ask you something, team. Animal? Yeah. How often do you actually hear that question? I mean, it's a great hypothetical. I, no. I rarely hear that. No, no, Companies aren't have, asking me what we, makes me different. They want to know, can I provide the service? You know, when, I go to, when I go to the grocery store to get milk there, I don't ask what it, what, what's different about you guys. Either they have it or they don't. Tired of your hypothetical questions. No, I, I think I might need a sabbatical. I know it's not hypothetical because we've had lots of corporate recruiters on the show, and they said, "Well, you know, people call me, recruiters call me up, and I say, how are you different?'" They tell us. Now, the answer that I would give is kind of almost what Dave said: "We're not different. <laughs> we just do the job." I mean, you know, we're not that. Or he thinks he is a little better, but uh, you know, we're not that different. We're recruiters, you know, it's not going to cost you. Maybe a little you know. bit. Maybe a little. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. Okay. Dave. Dave. You got the 
<laughs> you ask Tammy Coulson, okay, or some of the other uh, corporate recruiters we've had on. They always want to know. They say, oh, we go to their website. It has the same garbage on there about, uh, you know, we're the best. We care. We're ethical, blah, blah, blah. Another HR department, partnering, all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And, and she says, that turns her off. Okay. If the employer rejects a candidate you like, Dave, do you argue with them? Do I argue with them? No, but I'll go to bat for a candidate that we think they're missing something about because What's of their the resume. Difference? What's the difference between arguing and going to bat? You tell me. <laughs> arguing is can, 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 is not constructive, <laughs> and going to bat for is consultative and giving the opportunity for the client to take another quick look and have a conversation. Do you want to give us an example? Because I, I can't tell the difference based on what you said. <laughs> I didn't say arguing listen, means yelling. Listen, here, here's, here's the bottom line. Resumes, resumes suck. I hate resumes. I hate the pieces of paper in the first place. We do, we do our due diligence. We have our conversations. We, feel a can, we won't send a candidate unless we feel that they are going to get the job. We don't throw a bunch of numbers at the wall. We might be a little bit slower than your larger firms, the big databases that match the buzzwords and all that. But – if we have that detailed conversation and we understand our client as well as we should, then we should be able to very easily sell on what might not be readily available or glaring on the resume from the candidate standpoint to get them to just have a conversation with them. You know, and, Bill uh, Radin, we're, we're very, if, we're I very good at that. if I understand Bill Radin correctly, he says he doesn't send resumes. If he gets a good candidate, he calls the client, presents a person on the phone, then if they're interested – he sends out the resume. That reminds me of something Jerry says all the time. Don't send someone a piece of paper or a written document because then if they have objections, you're not there to educate them. What do you think about that? Don't make presentations with resumes. Make them over the phone. And if the person's interested, then send the resume. You know what? I agree 100%. I think if it's a long-term client that has faith and trust in you, you can send the resume with a couple of bullet points. I think if it's a new client, you send the resume at the same time you're picking up the phone and talking about the candidate. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, did somebody, uh, anybody want to talk about something? Dave, the time's running out. Is there anything you want to talk about before, that I haven't brought up or that no one's talked about? Yeah, what about large clients with a VMS and like a managed process where you have to go through that VMS? You're sending the resume, but doesn't that come back to you? You've got to tailor the document. It's a marketing document. You, you do. Uh, you know, our primary or our target market is the SMB space. We do have several clients that work in that VMS space. Um, but, you know, the reality is they're working with 20, 30 firms at a time. So where are we going to prioritize our time? Our recruiters work on commissions. That's what we do. It's what the industry is all about. So where, where do we focus? Now, you know, it, it, it's going to be a shotgun approach if it's a VMS. It's going to be a, a sniper approach if it's a client that we have direct contact with. Okay, so if you if you're a contingent recruiter and and you pick up a, a search from uh, a company with a VMS, everybody, if you're not familiar, is Vendor Management S Services. They've got a company that deals with a bunch of recruiters, and you feel you're not sure. you know you're, you're competing with so many people, and you've got from something from an SMB, small to medium business. You say you're going to focus on uh, on those. Do you just ignore the other uh, job orders? No, we don't necessarily ignore them. Um, I, I think the VMS 
scenario is very much a speed-to-market game. So when those recs come out of a VMS from our clients, then we're going to hit those right away on the job boards, our database, see who we know right off the bat. But we're not going to spend a ton of time when we know okay. that we you have. Know what? Our, our, our friend, or kind of used to a former friend, Steve Nahez, he's uh, in a situation, it seems, sometimes where – Somebody he'll he'll contact a candidate. Maybe I shouldn't mention his name. He's very sensitive, and maybe I'm not saying the exact right thing. So <laughs> forget about him, okay? So, but it, I've seen it. I've seen other cases where you you call your candidate, you present them very quickly to the client, and they say, uh, "Company X Y Z, this other recruiter already sent the resume." You know that that recruiter didn't call the candidate because you asked yep. if anyone else has called about that. Uh, what are you going to yep. do in that situation? Or do you, do you, um, you sometimes? Know, it, it, you sometimes this, let me tell you what we do. Let me let me. Uh, this is what we do, and, and and this is what builds our reputation in our markets. If we speak to a candidate, this happens all the time. If we speak to a candidate that has been spoken to by another recruiter, or not even spoken to, just because their resume might have been up on a job board, they sent it over to get them there before we did. Uh-huh. We'll let our client know that we had a conversation with this candidate. Oh, they're in your system already? Interesting. They didn't have a conversation, or maybe they did, but they weren't fully uh, exposed to or explained to the job itself. But I don't mind being consultative and saying, hey, listen, this is somebody you should look at. I know I'm not going to get credit for this, but I'll I'll tell you what, tenfold always always comes back. What about getting the right to represent? Uh, I mean, uh, RTRs are, are important, but I, it, the, the fact of the matter is most VMSs are just not set up like that anymore. They don't care about RTRs. They, they care about who submitted who first, unfortunately. And so why won't you do that as well? Just bam out the resume. Um, that's just not our approach. We, uh, we, 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 we try to get much more in-depth with our candidates. We want to pre- present the best product we possibly can to our clients, so we're not just going to look for buzzwords and send as many resumes over okay. as possible okay. to try to okay. beat out the competition. What about a related, a related scenario? You, you're, you're recruiting somebody. You work really hard. You find somebody good. Once they get the resume from you, then they check their uh, applicant tracking system, their database, and they see the person you know applied there six months ago. They said, we're not going to pay you. We've already got this guy. What do you do? Sure. Well, I mean, it, 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 our recruiting process, 90% of the time, and the other 10% of course is because people lie or forget, I guess, but um, we, we try to dig into that and make sure that they understand who the client is once we've vetted them and ask them directly, have you heard of this company? Have you been presented with an opportunity, et cetera? Um, but even in that instance, it goes back to the same answer as my last. If somebody was in there or somebody uh, or applied six months ago, we have a 12-month type of uh, arrangement, whatever it is, um, hey, take another look at this guy because it, 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 that, that's, that's, a, that's an, an ingrained thought in that recruiter's head or whoever's managing that VMS or whoever's the direct point of contact. You know what, Dave, Dave's team, they, they, they're looking out for us. So who are they going to call first? Who are they going to have more trust in? Yeah, Who's I don't agree with you about that. They're the cheating future? you. That's just plain cheating you. By the way, ah, Matthew, I disagree. Yeah, Matthew Lavoie, is that your brother? He's actually my nephew. And he works for you? He does. He does. Okay. He he already wants you to brag about him. He's saying on Twitter here, Dave, talk about your recruitment team. What's their background? How good is your team and sales team? What's their background? We already covered that. He really didn't want to go into detail, Matthew. Take the wax out of your ears, okay? <laughs> 
well, Matt's on the sales side, so um, bragging about well, the you recruiters know what? Tell, is, tell is, is, is... Tell us is, is, he wants to be graded. What's his? Uh, how good is he on a scale of one to ten? Ten being the absolute most fantastic recruiter oh, I mean, in the world. If, if we're go- if we're going to put him on the spot, I mean, now that you just threw that out there, I'm going to put him at a two or three. He's working his way up, but we got we got to get a better than three. How long's he been? How long's he been in the business? It, he uh, he's he's been in the business for a short period of time. He actually started as my admin. And now now to get, bring this back, I I met Matt three years ago. Long story, whatever. <laughs> Bottom line, we brought him in. He moved down to Florida. He's coming to going to school at UT. Came from New Hampshire originally. Brought him on as our uh, our admin office manager, and um, I saw some attributes that I think could make him very successful in terms of sales. So he really is easy. He's new to the sales side and recruiting. Okay, his last name had no influence. His last name had no influence on you at all. Okay, okay. I, I, uh, I want him to change his last name because I don't want him. Everybody thinks it's a small family business. Up, yeah, <laughs> right. Okay. Okay. Well, you know what? What should we talk about in the last few minutes? Jerry, do you have anything? Jerry wrote some questions down. I know. He's ready to go. Yeah, no, I, I sprinkled a couple of them in there. I, my my bigger question was how much do your customers want to know about your bill rate and your pay rate and and that kind of thing? And, and you addressed that, so I can dig yeah, it. Yeah, no, it's – but yeah, and you and I are definitely on the same page. That doesn't matter. But yes, some of them dig in. It's frustrating. It is what yeah, it is. I'll give you the last question because this is an interesting thing to me. Do you ask your candidate, you know, what their greatest uh, weakness is or what their biggest failure ever that almost got them fired was? Always. Always. Why? Why? What? It's not fair to ask somebody to slit their own throat, and they're an idiot if they actually give you an honest answer. Well, if they've I, actually. I, had a uh, uh, now you just hurt me because now, I, 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 Animal, this is the, the biggest disagreement we've had all conversation. Of course, the last question. Um, I, I, I disagree with that because I don't believe you can succeed until you've failed several times. So if somebody can recognize their failures, they can understand how to adjust those things I've never and failed. become successful. Never failed. I've never well, failed. Nobody's never failed. Nobody's never failed. I don't, I, I don't believe you. Okay, man, so what that's what kind of a fact, man. I've, I've, I've been a golden boy since I was about thirteen. Yeah. It's weird. It's odd. I, I know. You are. I mean, you're a needle in a haystack, my man. because yeah. most of us aren't. <laughs> it's a great responsibility, okay. actually. What if the person's got some, you know, dark <laughs> secret that you will not find out otherwise, or probably won't? They would be stupid to tell you because you might ask yourself, maybe I shouldn't hire this guy. I mean, really, if it's something bad, even if they learn something, I think they're going to get knocked out. Yeah, case by case. It definitely depends on the situation. Yeah, that's your favorite I mean, answer. That's your motto, case by case. And it's it is. Jerry. It's, it's a good game. motto, We're man. We're dealing with people. Every single person is different. What better answer than case by case could I possibly have? Okay. Now, we go to you know, Jerry's show is going to be now, so we're, you and me aren't allowed to stay on. Now, I have to say that because the guests don't, even though I, I send them literature that tells them that, they never realize it, and Jerry has to kick them off. i got to tell you. I'm going to give you a rating. I won't give you a number, but you've been a fun guest just because you kind of got the spirit of the show. You don't mind yelling. You don't mind arguing. You don't mind getting insulted. You don't get insulted. You sound like you're having fun. So, Dave LaVoie, thank you. Guys, got to make this one quick. Sorry, we got uh, long story short. I had a had a 
contractor bail out. This was after the the, the manager that hired him, uh, et cetera, et cetera, had moved on. A new manager comes in several months ago, running the, dare I say, changed the whole culture. Finally, last week, the guy just had it. He's like, I'm done. I'm gone. I'm out of here. Sent everybody a nasty email at the customer all the way up to the, I don't know, VP, CFO. I don't know, whatever. So I have to, uh, I'm in the, I'm, I'm just in the throes of just crappiness here right now. So I think the show deserves a uh, 93. That's what I think. Anybody yeah, he disagree? was a solid guest. He knew what he was talking about. And he was yeah, really great with all the topics. Yeah, I, I like round numbers, 95. 95. Anybody, is anybody even week. on the line other than you, Alejandro? I, I don't know. According to you, no one listens. Nobody does listen. That's why we're obligated to listen. We're like the last of a dying breed, Animal fly flying. Don't, don't give up the fight, man. Yeah. Stick with it. All right. Catch you all next week. I got to run. All right. Bye. Bye. All right. So 18 years in the industry, started with the family firm. Uh, recruiting industry. Oh, there you have it. Started Jerry, wake up. Firm. You recommended this guy. Go ahead. I mentioned it offhand when I was in a drunken stupor. Don't ask Jerry for advice after 5 p.m. Okay, go ahead, Ryan. Oh, my God. (laughs) You know, you guys, I have to say, no banning on this show. Nobody's that bad. Uh, And you know, here's the deal. Here's the deal. The dude is full of negative energy, and I'm just saying, I simply don't. My the after show is not about negativity. It's not about Jerry. If yep. you open your eyes, you'd see he talks to you just like you talk to me. It's constantly, animal is an idiot. Everything he says is nonsense. I no, used to like the no, show, no. but now it's nothing. Yep. I don't kick you off. Hey. I don't kick you off the show, and hey, you're, you're not going to kick him off, okay? Hey, I just don't need it. If if he man, is man, ready man, to man. say that he's done with it, then I, I embrace his participation. So Amy okay. Beth is a good communicator. Where does Beth whiskey does fit in with recharging? She does being that make a me an introvert? Manager. That doesn't make her an extrovert. Yes, Jerry, you're an by Jerry, if you alone. drink alone, then you're an introvert. <laughs> what, what if I drink alone, but I call a lot of people all night long because I want to talk to somebody? <laughs> then you're an extrovert. You're an extrovert. Well, you're okay. Then you're an alcoholic, but that's okay. <laughs> uh, I don't think that can be underestimated. Well, Marco, let me call you. That is shocking. I'm just jumping in to say... That is shocking. Okay, I'm back to funny? listening. Isn't that funny? When I start to talk, finally get a chance to start talking, the mouthpiece comes in. Go ahead, Jerry. Take over. Well, you know, it's like you're a puppet, and um, and Jerry's it's Jerry's voice. You're the he's the I, ventriloquist. <laughs> hey, I was just interjecting. I'm not taking over. I was just interjecting. <gasps> okay, can I take control again, please, and ask her a question? You got to do something with this thing, well, man. Do it. It's dying here, do it. Come on, please. Please. Okay. Has everybody heard about the virtual Christmas Shut party? Up! January 21st? Shut if not, up! go to jerrytherecruiter.com. I will give you a chance if you ask me. Just don't butt in. I have not been able to talk for five minutes. Okay? Forgive me.